Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and we got some good stuff today. I'm really, really excited about this episode. We're going to continue um, our breakdown and evaluation of everything from the last game against Cleveland Browns, where we won 30. Uh, one to three, just completely dominated. Uh, but also, we're going to be looking forward to just a little bit, going through just some kind of recent news and developments that's taken place through practice. But as always, if you guys are with us, just want to say thank you. Uh, this has been an awesome start to the season. Obviously, one of two remaining unbeaten teams. The other team's about to kick off here any minute uh, with the Patriots versus the Giants. And of course, the Patriots get to play everybody. Uh, with all injury, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. But uh, just want to say thank you so much, as always. Really appreciate all the support that we've been getting lately. But make sure that you hit the like button in the notification just so that we can make sure that we you guys are ready when we go live we're doing this four times a week now which is wonderful and if you have any questions please feel free to add those in wherever it is that you are watching uh, whether that is YouTube Twitch Periscope Twitter and if you are still listening on just wherever it is you listen to podcasts just want to say thank you for all of your support now we do have some new things going on here where we are going to include some videos so here we go let's transition over to some of our defensive breakdown film which I'm going to have just going kind of on a loop up there for you so if you have any questions again make sure that you tag me um 
so that I can get to your question. So uh, just want to say there is so much stuff going on behind the scenes right now with the 49ers Rush podcast. Uh, lots of new things coming your way. Uh, we're not going to stop. We are going to keep adapting and making sure that we have the best 49ers content out there, bar none. That is what we are about. So let's jump right into it. Uh, again, if you have any questions, please throw those up there. But I want to focus as much as possible on the defense, which uh, – you kind of got to take a deep breath, right? You know, the previous episode, we covered the offense and the injuries with Juszczyk and Mike McGlinchey. But the defensive side, this is where we are making our money. <laughs> this is what's going to continue to bring the success of the 49ers if we're going to continue winning. Uh, obviously, 4-0 on top of our division, the only undefeated team in the NFC West. But how far will that go? This is our toughest matchup so far. You know, the defending cha- uh, champs of the NFC made it to the Super Bowl and lost. But we're going into their house. This is not going to be an easy game against the Rams. But I do think it's going to be a great game. And again, I do want to mention I am going to be at the LA Takeover uh, meetup. And so it's on Facebook, the group right there. Just type in LA Takeover 49ers and it's going to pull up the event. It's $15 a ticket. I'm not affiliated with them at all. I'm just joining that. And if you want to meet up and have a beer and talk football beforehand, I will be there. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter uh, at JL underscore Chapman or through email 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. But I want to meet you guys. So if you're in LA and you're going to the game, let's hang out and let's have a good time. So um, now. Here is the good news. Uh, We're not the only ones dealing with injuries. Something came out today saying um, Todd Gurley has been downgraded to questionable, and there is a strong chance that he will not even play this Sunday. So uh, obviously Todd Gurley is nowhere um, (laughs) near what he was last year or two years ago or three years ago, but he is still a very, very dangerous player. So the 49ers are still the only defense in the NFL to not give up – a rushing touchdown. I expect that trend to continue, whether he plays or not. I I truly do believe in our defense. Now, will somebody get a rushing touchdown against us eventually? Yeah, of course. There's never been a team in the history of the NFL to not allow one. But I do think that the 49ers defense takes a lot of pride in this. And whenever you get those streaks going, it builds confidence each week. You look at what we did to Nick Chubb, who you know rushed for 100 and some odd yards and three touchdowns the week before against the Baltimore Ravens. He did nothing against us. So whether it's Todd Gurley or backups out there, I'm not too concerned about their rushing game. Their offensive line was one of the better offensive line units in the NFL last year, but they've taken some hits and we have proven you know the Pittsburgh defense or the Pittsburgh offensive line was by far the best we've played they still are much better than the Rams but we were able to get pressure against that I think that will still continue Um, so a couple things right here quick question from Dean just saw a report by a Rams reporter um, that the Rams had high wins so they didn't get a practice and that they will only have one real practice before the game is that true yeah I saw that same report and it's not really that big of a deal Um, with the way the NFL is now you're not allowed to hit or any of those things all you're doing is install and for these two teams they know each other very well Uh, they've played each other these coaching staffs four times now this would be number five so they're there's a lot of film. There's a lot of stuff that they already understand, and it's you don't want to put too much emphasis on that. Obviously, you would prefer to practice, but it, it, 
at this point, you know, your early week practice isn't that big of a deal. Thursday is probably the most important, which if they did miss today, that's a good thing. But Friday is kind of the dress rehearsal. I'm sure they did a bunch of film work and maybe even went over some stuff inside. But um, here we go. Uh, John, how do you feel about the bloodhounds on the 49ers defensive line? Sniffing out Goff. Love the analogy. That is awesome. The 49ers are thirsty. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, you have to look at it. They've been disrespected. Every one of these people that were on this team, there's really only three new players. Uh, that's Nick Bosa, that's Quan Alexander, and that's D Ford. Uh, everybody else has been here. All those guys have kind of experienced You could throw in Drake Greenlaw as well. But the personnel grouping is the same from the past two years, really. Uh, take out the rookies. These guys have heard over and over and over again, why can't you guys force turnovers? Why can't you get to the quarterback? How come everybody keeps putting up so many points on you? That takes a toll. And you can talk about the chip on the shoulder method, whatever. It, is. it pisses you off. You get to the NFL. Everybody in the NFL was the best player ever at their high school and one of the best players ever at their college and all those things. And then you get up to the NFL and you might even be a first-round pick, somebody like Eric Armstead or DeForest Buckner, and you're not getting the respect you deserve for the first time in your life. So how do you respond? Um, you kind of bury that stuff and you use that as fuel, tackling fuel, right? Uh, thanks to Waterboy on that one. But now you're finally getting um, national media attention about how great you are and all those things. Going 4-0, shutting down um, the Browns offense. Now is the test. So you've prepared. You've done everything right. The coaching staff's got confidence. We're doing a lot of great things out there. How are you going to respond against one of the top offenses in the league? Even though the Rams have struggled, they're still a great offense with a lot of talent all over the place. Yeah, uh, Todd Gurley might not play. Brandon Cook's still in concussion protocol, but they have four solid wide receivers out there, and they have drafted two young running backs to pair up with Todd Gurley. So they have injuries. We have injuries. Part of the NFL, but I'm telling you right now, I'm very excited to see how this defense is going to respond. Really, really excited. I do believe, you know, worst case scenario, we are a top three defense in the NFL. I I think you have to give it to the Patriots with what they've been able to do. Yeah, their competition has been awful, but they've been beyond consistent week in and week out. The Chicago Bears, we understand who they are. And then it's going to be us. I think we're all in kind of that conversation. Green Bay's trying to get up there. Minnesota's on the outside of that as well. But um, you've got to have San Francisco in the conversation. We haven't allowed anybody to score over 20 points. You, you know, I, I've always said, the bear, kind of the if you score twenty seven points in the NFL, you should win the game. But man, now we're to the point where it's if you score maybe twenty one, twenty four points in your forty niners, you're going to win the game. Even if we give up five turnovers, we're still holding teams to very, very few points. So, um, real quick question about fantasy. Yes, I do run a fantasy football podcast and website, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Uh, we are the number two ranked fantasy football podcast on all of Apple iTunes. Uh, so it's a big deal i don't try to promote it a lot here i don't know why i probably should but um head over there eatsleepfantasy.com just sign up with your email and you can see all of the ranks yes start josh gordon tonight start everybody against this terrible giants defense this is going to be a bloodbath tonight um here we go next question do you think we need a number one wide receiver yes i 100 think that we do i don't think we have one on the roster right now however i'm not willing to trade a lot of assets future assets to get that i i 
do believe that this offense will stay very, very run heavy. That is kind of what's important to everything that's going on for the 49ers. So uh, do I want A.J. Green? Yes. Do I want Emmanuel Sanders? Yes. Am I willing to give up draft capital to get those guys? No. Um, I would prefer A.J. Green over Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, I know A.J.'s not healthy currently, but his top-tier talent is special. Um, We've seen what Kyle Shanahan can do with a Julio Jones-esque, and I don't think we've really had anybody in the NFL that's as close to Julio Jones as A.J. Green. They came out of the draft class together, and they've both been exceptional. Just Green's had some injury problems, and I don't think that they're going— you know the the Bengals are going to walk away from AJ Green unless they can get a first in return, uh, maybe a couple players. But the 49ers cannot do that right now. You look at the needs we have at tackle; that is far superior than wide receiver. Um, so I care much more about that position. And again, if we trade a first or a third, we can't trade a second. We already did for D Ford, and that was a great trade, even though he's playing very limited snaps, which we'll talk about here in a second. It doesn't matter. You've got to address that offensive line position. So that first-round pick needs to go there for sure. Yeah, our receivers haven't stepped up, I agree. And especially Pettis. He's been abysmal. There we go. Uh, (laughs) Everybody take a drink. Um, But the problem is this. We're still winning. The offense is still fluent. Our number one wide receiver is Kittle, so constantly tell yourself that when people say, you don't have a number one wide receiver. Yeah, we do. George Kittle's our number one wide receiver. Um, and so that's the way you got to see it. The, the targets for the wide receiver position are few and far between, and they just need to be manageable. Now, is that ideal? No, it's not. But again, you cannot trade all of your future assets with a young team like the 49ers. Is A.J. Green worth more than our next first-round pick? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not, though. Um, I personally would rather wait. Um, I'm fine trading players and late-round picks. I'd be fine trading like a fourth and something to get A.J. Green, but I don't think that they would be interested in that. Um, so, uh, real quick, what do you think about the right tackle position going forward? It's going to be Brunskill, unless he proves us wrong. This is his tryout opportunity. If he goes out there and lays a giant egg, then you're going to see Sam Young, who's you know brought up. He's going to be activated. Um, so, he's going to dress. He was inactive last week. He's going to be active this week. He's going to be the swing tackle. So, Brunskill's the guy. He can run block. He can do really well. We'll have to see how he does in pass protection if he... Uh, flunks this test or whatever you want to call it, Sam Young's going to get put in there who's played a lot in the NFL. If that also goes poorly, then I think you add somebody. But very similar. I think we've already seen the playbook of this front office. Let's allow our guy to have confidence and give them the start, which we saw with Justin School. And if they perform, it's his job. He's earned it. However, if they don't perform, then you go out and get somebody else, which we have seen at the cornerback position, right, with Verrett, uh, even though the injury was an issue, it didn't matter. Um, next question, ooh, a draft question. I love the NFL draft, and if you guys are new to the 49ers Rush podcast, understand this. I got my start covering sports on the NFL draft. I have completed a 150-plus draft profile seven years in a row now. Um, I consider myself a little bit of a film guy, um, you know, former coach, 
coach, a little bit coaching background, and so I love to apply that to the draft. I love the draft, and we're going to have a lot of time in the offseason to talk about this. Would you draft Jerry Judy? Hell yeah. Every team in the NFL wants to draft that guy. Um, I don't think that he will be available when we're picking. We will be picking in the 20s. Um, I really do think that's what's going to happen. If he falls to us, yeah. Now the question is, what if there's a premier left tackle on the board and Jerry Judy? Now we're getting into a rough thing. I would personally rather prefer a left tackle. I love Joe Staley, the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the 49ers franchise. But we can't rely on him past a year or two. Yeah, he signed the two-year extension. That's great. I think he will play next year. But I prefer much more what we see with the Philadelphia Eagles and how they just stockpile tackles and guards and you just stockpile them if people go down you're okay and you kind of move forward so um but yeah if Brunskill lays an egg we have to trade for Trent Williams no way in hell no way in hell I said this last uh, last episode the Redskins will not trade Kyle Shanahan anything they despise him they despise his father they're not on speaking terms there is no way no way that they are going to benefit Kyle Shanahan in any way. Um, oh, thanks, Ivan. Appreciate it. Cool breakdown earlier. If you didn't see it, we got two episodes out today. That's what we're doing. So um, I did put out an offensive breakdown on YouTube. If you haven't seen it already, where I go through the X's and O's and schemes and all that kind of stuff of a handful of plays, um, it's about a 25-minute breakdown. Head over there. Uh, you're listening. What? Don't go now. <laughs> Let's finish this episode. But make sure you check that out and see what's going on. All right. Let's jump into some grades and snap counts of the 49ers defense versus the Browns. So let's start off with our top five players and bottom five players. No surprise who the number one overall player on defense was. One of the highest ranked players for the entire NFL this week, according to Pro Football Focus. Nick Bosa gets a 92.3, which is an elite rating. Anything over 90 is elite, usually kind of top three of their position. And it was all about the pass rush. Um, he got a great grade in run defense and tackling, but a 91 grade in pass rush. He was lights out. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. The guy's special, and it was funny. They asked him right after it got announced, what does this mean to you to be named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week? And he says, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like he's not satisfied. It's not what he he's he's got great things written out. Um, I put money down on him to be the um, defensive player of the year, rookie defensive player of the year. So uh, I'm hoping that he continues. Second best player, Ronald Blair. He only got 18 snaps, but he has been so efficient through every game. An 89.8 grade. Ronald Blair quietly is the number one rated player for our defense throughout the season so far, and he just keeps providing meaningful snaps. So much so, this is kind of the way it works for a defense because he's doing so well on the edge. He's He can play everywhere, but he's just been playing on the edge for those 18 snaps. They have completely moved Solomon Thomas inside. Yay, <laughs> coaching staff, you finally got it. Now, Solomon Thomas only got 11 snaps, but they were all inside, and he had a positive grade. He was the number seven Rated player on our defense. This is meaningful snaps, positive snaps for Solomon Thomas on the inside, all made possible by Ronald Blair. This is a plus plus because we're getting great edge depth despite our starters not being in there, and now we're getting meaningful snaps inside. Who would have thought 
that we would have to go three and a half years before Solomon Thomas would take all of his snaps on the inside. First time ever in his career that he has taken all of his snaps from the inside position. Even when they said they were going to switch him late last year, he still was bouncing back and forth. Uh, Just 11 snaps, but man, that's 11 snaps that's going to help me sleep tonight. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, John, how long have you been a fan? Great question, Rich. Um, Here's the deal. I'm going to get a little off uh, task here, but I want to share this story. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, I had a stepdad that I did not particularly like, and for my 10th birthday, uh, he was a huge Cowboys fan, and all we did was argue football all the time. We didn't like each other very much. But anyway, I asked for a Jerry Rice jersey for the sole purpose of I knew it would piss him off. He refused to buy it, and me being the little punk that I am, I went and complained to my mom and said, can you believe that stepdad, I don't want to throw his name out there, won't even get me what I want for my birthday, my 10th birthday. All I want is a Jerry Rice jersey. Now, um, I, I should go grab it, but this is the I still have this jersey from 10 years old. Diehard fan since. Uh, the first thing that I see in my closet every single morning is that exact same Jerry Rice jersey. It sure as hell doesn't fit me anymore. <laughs> but I've been a diehard fan ever since um kept uh wrote letters to jerry rice that next year just thanking him and explaining the story he sent me back an autograph and i've just followed the 49ers ever since so um ever since i was 10 years old that has kind of been the case with me and the 49ers huge fan all my family's huge fans were going to the game this week excited about that but anyway uh fun trip down memory lane right there thanks for asking that man um now number three player in uh for the defense Quan williams Man, he had one bad game, but he has had three amazing games. He continues to get those turnovers, and he attributed a sack as well on a nickel blitz. Um, him and Quan, there was a Quan and Quan sack, which that just sounds like an awesome band name. Quan Alexander blitzed up the middle, and Kawan did a little delayed blitz, and both got in there. He finished with an 84.3 grade. Eric Armstead, 83.7. And then there's a little bit of a dip as far as the grading goes, but Emmanuel Mosley, 74.7. If you would have said again yeah we're, we're talking about injuries and this is what we do we always overreact but if you jump to the podcast last week every single question was about Emmanuel Mosley man what's that going to be like Odell Beckham Jr he's going to be why don't we go get another why don't we get another corner nobody has talked about Jalen Ramsey this week and it, it makes me feel wonderful about our franchise uh, because in our fan base because here's the deal we saw it we saw how great Mosley could be. He made that great play where he jumped. I mean, this is going to be in another breakdown that I'll get done in a day or two. Um, but you see him jump off of the outside wide receiver in the goal line, come to the middle of the field and get that pass deflection in the goal line. Would have been a touchdown. And so you see what this guy can do. And he is physical. Uh, this guy played great. The crazy thing is, you know, and this is you get, go against Freddie Kitchens, who's I, I'm just I don't believe in him as a coach. I really, really don't. He was only targeted three times. Why the hell would you target Emmanuel Mosley only three times and Richard Sherman eight times? This is this player's first start in his entire career as an undrafted free agent, and you target him three times. Man, way to go! That's some solid coaching. Let me tell you what. Um, now he only allowed one catch for seven yards and got a pass breakup. So you have to tip your hat to Emmanuel Mosley, but why in the hell would you not test a guy that's never played in the NFL before? Uh, gosh, I, 
I don't know, uh, <laughs> very happy that they did it, but I love that he answered the call, and now he's got confidence moving forward. So really excited about that. D. Ford, the sixth best player on defense with a 73.6, but he only got 17 snaps. This is somewhat problematic. Now, the defense, we didn't play that much. We only had 46 snaps on defense, which is uh, all the three and outs and turnovers, which kind of contributed to that. But D4 didn't practice. He had a very limited practice again. It's going to be this way, I think, for a long time. Uh, you could count D4 as a starter, but I think they're looking for a 15 to 20 snap uh, contribution as long as his knee isn't ideal. And I don't think it's going to be ideal for a very long time. The bye week has come and gone. Um, there's not another rest for the rest of the season. And you kind of want to just keep him safe as long as Eric Armstead continues to ball out the way he is. And Ronald Blair and Nick Bosa, that's three studs. And so if you can just put in um, D Ford in pass rush situations and he can still get you know, that much of an influence in it, that much of a push, then that's great news. So you've got to be happy with what you get because even though he didn't play a lot of snaps, right, still very, very involved. Uh, in 17 snaps, 13 of which were pass rush plays, he got five total pressures. So he is getting a pressure about every other play, which is an insane percentage-wise. Uh, you know, I don't have that list there, but that doesn't even make sense. But if he can be that effective, even if it's a small sample size, you have to be happy with that. Um, now, a couple other questions just real quick. Uh, do you ever listen to the opponents we are playing that week podcast to see what they think of us? Yeah, I... I I did four podcasts yesterday. <laughs> uh, it was a very, very long day. It was a great day. But um, I was on two separate Rams podcasts previewing exactly what um, happened with the 49ers and projections and all that kind of stuff. They're scared. Uh, there's not a Rams fan out there that feels like, oh man, we got this game. They don't. They're not happy with the way their season is going, which is completely contradictory to the last two years where they've been sky-high confidence level. Now, is that a good or a bad thing? Uh, maybe a little bit of both because they're not overlooking the 49ers. That's not going to happen again for the rest of the year uh, because we have a lot of attention now. Everybody's cared about the disrespect and national media disrespecting us. That's over. Uh, we are respected, especially in a football uh, mindset. If you listen, one of if you want to know what my favorite podcast is, that's not a Niners for podcast. I listen to all of them. It's Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, who are probably two of the best talent evaluators. You see them both on NFL Network. But here's the thing: that this morning, what they said. You know, Daniel Jeremiah, who I look up to a lot, I love what he does. He said, you know, I talked to these coaches and all this stuff about, okay, are there any future coaches you're looking for, future head coaches, play callers, whatever. And he said, even the last two years, when the 49ers, again, this is quoting Daniel Jeremiah, um, paraphrasing Daniel Jeremiah, he said, even when the 49ers were doing bad, people wanted Sean, Mc or my, yeah, yeah, Sean McVay coaches that, for sure, but everybody wanted somebody that had a connection to the Kyle Shanahan run game, and everybody watches what Kyle Shanahan does pre-snap. Uh, he even said he's the best pre-snap coach out there, and you can talk about Andy Reid, you can talk about McVay, you can talk about uh, Reich, you can talk about Josh McDaniels, all those guys, that's great. Everybody mentions Kyle Shanahan's name first as the cutting edge kind of we want what he is doing. They studied the plays last year, um, the year before, even whenever things weren't going well, just because it's so different. He's so unique. So just something to keep in mind. Um, 
The Rams in the NFL, they understand that we are a special group. And the fact that we lost, um, you know, we lost Joe Staley and we didn't skip a beat in the run game, that should tell you something. And it's a testament to Justin School as much as it is a testament to Kyle Shanahan and what they're doing. Because if you look at our running backs, there's not a huge pedigree back there. Um, you know, you, undrafted free agent Matt Breida. You've got Tevin Coleman, who I think went in the third round. You've got Mostert, who's another undrafted guy. Uh, yeah, you got Jarek McKinnon back there. But again, I don't want to get into that. He's never, anyway, I'm done with that one. But. The Rams are not excited. What the Rams are scared of is their offensive line versus our defensive line, and you could copy and paste that for every single game for the entire rest of the year because this front seven is special. And Quan Alexander is a special player that has brought a different type of mentality to this team because he has been able to bring energy and passion to this defense. I love Fred Warner. He's one of my favorite 49ers. He had a very, very bad game, but he was able to keep things in front of him, and he's not an energetic guy. He didn't make a couple plays, but he ranked the third worst player on our defense, which you could talk about our defense graded very, very well. So to say third worst player is not that big of a deal. Um, Anyway, long story short, um, let's see here. Let's jump into our bottom five players. We have DJ Jones rated worst, 43.1. He played not well at all, and also Sheldon Day as well. You know, I really don't think that either one of Sheldon Day or DJ Jones are playing well. Um, I really want somebody on the interior to step up. There's not a lot of problems with our secondary. We're not too worried about our safeties. Tart had a great game. Um, you know, even I, I, it's going to be weird to say this. Jimmy Ward, who ranked as the sixth worth player in our defense, had a 64.7, which is solid. Uh, starter level, which is all we need from the free safety position. Uh, you got to be happy with that. Uh, he made more plays this week than he has probably in a full season combined. But that anchor of the defense is rough. Yeah, we have DeForest Buckner, but we need somebody beside him to step up. And dare I say it, are you ready for this? I want Solomon Thomas to start. I want John Chapman is what Solomon Thomas to start at the defensive interior position. I want to see it. Give the people what they want. Um, DJ Jones and Sheldon Day, they got to limit their snaps. They are not playing very well. Uh, Drake Greenlaw had a 49.2 grade. Fred Warner, 50.4. And DeForest Buckner, uh, 58.9, which is not a bad grade. That is uh, close to starter quality. But he had a couple missed tackles, and he did get blown off the line a few times, which is unlike him. But he was double teamed on every play, which we see it's going to be that way for his entire career. Um, He was playing a little high, and the leverage underneath him happened a couple times to where uh, the big run right up the middle out of the half was him and Sheldon Day. They both got beat uh, very, very badly and gave up a huge run. One of the only positive runs of the game, really. Um, so uh, that's what we got from the top and the bottom. And I'm going to get a, to a lot more questions, but I wanted to take a second and talk about my bookie because there's some interesting bets, season-long bets with your 49ers that I want to talk about. Now, 
Real quick, the NFC West division to win. So if you go to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, they're going to double your initial deposit. And MyBookie is a super safe site because if you bet uh, and you win, you get paid. Easy to get money in, easy to get money out. It's a wonderful site. You can literally choose what you want to bet on, and they have so much stuff out there. But I want to highlight something that they have that's very special, and I don't think that it's the right odds. I think that we take advantage of this. So... Right now, the odds for to win the NFC West division, just the West, um, the Rams are the most favored team, which is crazy. They're at plus 140. The 49ers are right behind them, plus 160. So, And the Seahawks are at plus 225. I really do love this bet for the 49ers. I did make this bet before the season. It got much better odds, but the odds adjust every single week. Now, here's what's so funny to me about this. If you click on... NFC Championship, okay, who's going to make it or win the NFC Championship? The 49ers have the second best odds. So we have better odds to make um, the NFC Championship than we do to win our own division. The Rams are at plus 925, whereas the 49ers are at plus 575. So it, there's definitely some incongruent things there because we have way better odds to win the NFC championship than we do for um, winning the division. So it's it's very curious to see what's happening there, but both of those are great odds, and if we want to dream real big, why not? Let, let's just uh, let's play this game. The odds of the 49ers to win the Super Bowl is plus 1,300. If you bet this before the season, I got plus 4,500. So the odds have kind of cut by almost, it's down 25 to 25% what the original bet was. So you can just kind of see we're slowly creeping up there. We are currently tied for the fifth best odds. The only teams ahead of us for chances to win the Super Bowl are Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Packers, and then we're tied with the Cowboys, Eagles, um, and then the Rams are way behind us, and the Seahawks are behind us as well. So uh, Vegas seems to like the 49ers. Again, you should definitely take a look at this and just play around. Uh, If you head over to mybookie.ag and you're scared to kind of start putting money into that and that's not your thing, you can do paper money bets for free just to check it out and see how you do it. It tracks it, how much you would have won. You can bet like $5 paper money, which is free, and it shows you what the odds pay out and all that stuff so you know what you're getting into before you do it um huge fan with my book uh, mybookie.ag they are wonderful now a couple other things before i jump off there are a lot of questions on here that i want to get through which is great um really enjoy you guys jumping on here and um here we go let's let's, let's just jump into this all right, next question we have here. Since you live in SoCal, do people care about the Rams down there considering they've only been in L.A. for three years? So here's the deal. I'm a high school teacher. I teach juniors and seniors at the high school level. So, yeah, kids are bandwagon fans. The majority of the fans are either Patriots <laughs> or uh, Rams fans. I, I cannot find a Chargers fan out here to save my life, which is sad. I, I love that organization personally. Um, but, yeah, they do care about the Rams, but it's it's the, the team. Teenagers, right? There's a large portion of Raiders fans, but most of the adults, they're much more into college. You know, I'm sporting my Longhorn shirt this week for the Red River rival- rivalry. Goodness, that's a fun one to say. Um, 
But yeah, college is much big deal. You know, I live in Pasadena. I'm about a mile away from the Rose Bowl. And so we'll head down to some Saturday games just to watch football. But um, yeah, USC is kind of the big deal around here. And then the Rams, I would say those are the two. Um, let's see here. Um, he said, asking what year it was. I was born in 82. Let's date me. So that would have been the 1991 season going into 1992 when I asked for my Jerry Rice jersey. And I kind of had a proud dad moment last week. It was homecoming. Uh, my son plays varsity sports here in Pasadena football. And they got to pick whatever jersey they wanted to wear. He's a lot smaller than me. He wore uh, my old Jerry Rice jersey that I got whenever I was 10. He plays corner so he's a lot skinnier and uh he sported that bad boy i I was like totally tearing up man just like oh it's so it's so great um anyway um let's see here should we rename the franchise to the san francisco four to six weekers oh that hurts that is very creative but i don't like reading it and (laughs) um i've got to say this about injuries okay um I, i had a note in here that i wanted to talk about our coaching staff sugarcoats injuries big time. Uh, if you look back over the past three years and we fired all of our strength and training people and all those things, don't care. When Kyle Shanahan gives you a timetable, put it in parenthesis or quotation marks because that doesn't mean anything. It really, really doesn't. We've seen the same thing with Trent Taylor. We've seen the same thing with Jalen Hurd, which is a little bit of a weird one. I don't want to hold that against anybody. Uh, we saw the same thing with uh, McKinnon, which I don't really want to talk about that one too much. We saw the same thing with D. Ford, which we're still seeing as a major issue. I hate whenever they say it's not that big a deal. We expect them back. I hate that crap. Um, and so four to six weekers, yeah, I'm careful with that one. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I think that there's a much better chance for um, Kyle Juszczyk to get back in four to six weeks than I think there is for McGlinchey. Um, that's just my own personal take. I'm not a medical guy, but uh, that's just what I think. Um, let's see here. How do you feel about utilizing the old school uh, split back sets? Man, yeah, I love that. I don't think we're going to change that much this week, maybe next week. But I, I really think that what we're going to see is pretty much the exact same thing. Just more Roz Dwelly and much more um, Levine Toilolo. So you're going to see Kittle doing that move roll, and you're going to see Dwelly doing the the move kind of H-back Kyle Juszczyk thing. I, I think that's the main thing that's going to change. I, re- I really don't think there's going to be much more than that. Um, let's see here. Why hasn't Solomon Thomas played more snaps? Well, he hasn't been good, and they've been playing him out of position. This was his highest-graded game probably in a year and a half, and he only played 11 snaps. So, But, again, as I said earlier, first time he's played inside, and he played well. So I would like those snaps to go up. I, I People think I hate Solomon Thomas. I love Solomon Thomas. <laughs> I love Solomon Thomas. He's an amazing human being that's been through hell and back. He's just not the best football player for what they've been using him for. Uh, he never played outside in college, but somehow we made that transition for him. It didn't work, and we kept doing it, and it didn't work, and we kept doing it. Now he's playing inside, much smaller snaps. Let's increase that a little bit, see what he can handle. I'd love to see 20 snaps from this week, 20 to 25, all from the interior. He should never take another pass rush snap on the outside ever again um do you feel solomon thomas is better than eric armstead hell no eric armstead is a top 20 defensive end in this league is he a top 20 defensive pass rushing end no eric you could make the the argument that eric armstead is one of the best run defending defensive ends in the entire nfl probably him and cam jordan 
um, are probably two of the top guys that come to mind. Eric Armstead has played amazing for two years now. He was rough his first year and a half whenever he was injured. But, no, Eric Armstead is a player. I, I want him re-signed. I, I really, really do. Um, I, I want that to go back. So take that for what you want. Um, have you ever had a student that um, the student liked to talk about? Oh, sorry, it just went away. Uh, they talk football and statistics. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You guys were all high school kids. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a pretty hardcore football fan, and, you know, I, I used to have football playing cards. I'd memorize all the season-long stats. I knew I was a nerd from the early on, and I love that stuff. And so whenever you look at those types of things, uh, that happens in high school. Now, basketball is kind of a bigger thing out here just because there hasn't been pro sports when they were growing up. It's a relatively recent thing. But with fantasy football, the kids ask me all the time about fantasy football because, again, I do the fantasy football podcast as well. Um, and so that makes it fun. And so there's some educated kids out there, even at a high school level, that actually know what they're talking about. And then there's some that kind of don't understand at all um, what they're talking about. Uh, next question, John, do we have enough cap space to sign Armstead, Defoe, Kittle all at the end of this season? Here's the deal. One of my favorite follows is the Pro Football Focus 49ers page and then cap space with 49ers. Um, that's another good one. And there's a lot of things that you can do with the cap. One of the things is move some money around in Jimmy Garoppolo's contract because um, here's the deal. If you look at how much guaranteed money he gets next year, it is a crap load, okay? We don't have a lot of cap space, as you just said. But here is the thing. We do have some money that we can move around, and I hate to say it. Gosh, man, I don't want y'all to get mad at me. Um, some of the people that are getting money next year probably shouldn't be. Um, so you've got people like Jarek McKinnon, which all of next year's money is dead money anyway. But currently right now, we have the 26th most cap space next year, and that's at $24 million. Um, now, if we look at the people that are costing the most money, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to cost 26.6. You can move some of that money back. D Ford 16, Quan Alexander 13, Buckner 12, Joe Staley 11, Sherman 10, and Solomon Thomas is getting $9 million next year. Um, now, if we break down Solomon Thomas's contract a little more, I'm doing this uh, kind of on the fly here, but here's the deal. If we cut or trade Solomon Thomas, we will save $4.3 million next year alone. That is a lot of money. Um, for somebody that's only getting 11 snaps a game, either you got to use them or you got to lose them. That's kind of how I see it. I hope that we keep them. I hope we play them adequately, and uh, that's fine. I even put out a tweet uh, earlier this week. Should we trade Solomon Thomas, and what would you expect for him? Everybody said keep him for D-line depth. I'm fine with that. I was kind of curious to see. I don't think you could get more than a fourth or a fifth round for him because, again, whichever team gets them, they have to carry this financial obligation, at least half of it. We're stuck for $4.3 million next year no matter what. We cannot get out of that. But the other uh, $4 million we can get back. So there's always a way to kind of maneuver around the cap. And again, in the case of Kittle and Buckner, they still have a year left. So you can jump into the extension category instead of just straight-up money, and you can spread that out uh, throughout the next years. Uh, but obviously, DeForest, Buckner, and Kittle are the number one guaranteed priorities. You have to sign both of those guys, and then Armstead would be a way down. I hope that we keep them, but 
It's kind of what it's going to be. Um, Jarek McKinnon, cut or reworked? Um, I don't think that you're going to do either, which is going to piss a lot of people off. But just hold on just a second. <laughs> Let's talk about this because here's the deal. He's not getting that much money, and it's all already guaranteed. Okay, so like, hold on just a second. Let me break this down. I'm opening this up right now. In the year 2021, okay, he is guaranteed um, let's see here where we're at. He's guaranteed $2 million. We're not getting out of that. 2020, he's getting $2 million. If we cut him today, he's getting $2 million. If he goes all the way through training camp and we cut him before 6-1, he's getting $2 million. So there's no sense in cutting him now. He's not taking a roster spot. You know, we're not saving money or any of those things. Now, if we choose to keep him on the roster, he's going to caution a Additional on top of that two million, six point eight million. So that's a huge cap burden at that time. He's going to have to be unbelievable, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really, really don't. So he will probably end up being released, but he's not going to save us any money because he's only on that right now for $2 million. So uh, that's going to happen. Uh, he's going to be a cap casualty. He will never have played one snap for the 49ers which is sad but yeah so jet will be cut uh maybe reworked but with these three guys i would prefer all three of them over jarek mckinnon personally um man it's crazy times we've come a ways for sure to get to this point but um anyway Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure lots of things. Oh, I forgot to mention Niners Rush. We've had two episodes published or articles published in the last two days. One of them just giving you a concrete breakdown of 49ers injuries, timetables uh, for recovery from Julio Valenzuela, who's done some great work. And then also another one just on Bosa and another summary of the defensive effort versus the Browns by Renato, who's just done a hell of a job. So we've got a lot of good stuff. If you haven't had Head over to Niners Rush yet, NinersRush.com. We've got gear, t-shirts, all those things are over there. So head over there and check it out. But until then, guys, we will be back with a scouting report episode in the next day or two. Um, so stay tuned. We've got a lot more stuff coming your way. And as always, please hit that like button. That's uh, probably the best way to help us out from analytics and metrics that are used for the algorithms wherever you're listening. So really do appreciate it and stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.